yes, we are not getting any younger. But you know what? I was thinking about uh, some that the Lord has used, even older in age, for example. You look at the Scripture and you find Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was 90 years old. Abraham was with 100 years old. You look at Moses, and Moses was called by the Lord at 80, and then the Lord buried him at the age of 120. You look at the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth. They had a baby well up in age. And then Anna and Simeon were in the temple, and we're told that uh, they were uh, senior adults, uh, one of which being 84 years young. And so you think about others who uh, have been up in age before they had a breakthrough. For example, Colonel Sanders. Did you know he founded the Kentucky Fried Chicken at the age of 65 years old? He felt like a failure. And even in the riper age of 65, he founded again that uh, place called Kentucky Fried Chicken. And there's other examples. Uh, Paul, uh, well, uh, rather... Uh, the gentleman that wrote uh, Pilgrim's Progress, Bunyan, John Bunyan, he was up in age in his 50s. C.T. Studd was a missionary, and he was called of the Lord in his 50s. And so I want to tell you, it's not all bad considering, uh, you know, things uh, about getting older. But I want to tell you what's more important than a physical birthday is a spiritual birthday. Amen. Tell me, do you know your spiritual birthday I tell you, for me, it was 1982, the spring of 1982. I'll never forget the spring of 1982. I think about it every year, how the Lord Jesus saved me. And I said, oh, God, I know uh, I, I'm not worthy to be saved. I don't know what kind of background you came from, but I can tell you this. The Lord sure has been good to me. And uh, I had religion, but I didn't have a relationship with God. And it was not until at the age of 21 years old that I realized that I was lost and I couldn't save myself. And I needed Jesus to forgive my sins. And praise the Lord, he did. You know what? That was 38 years ago. And I hadn't got over it yet. And I'll tell you what, my spiritual birthday is more important than even my physical birthday. Do you have a spiritual birthday? You remember when you were gloriously saved? I hope you do. Today we're going to look at a subject that I think will be a blessing to you. I trust it will. Some of you need a breakthrough. Some of you maybe need some, uh, uh, some proper perspective of things you're going through. How many know that in this old life, cold, bitter winds will just blow in your life unexpectedly? Winds of adversity. And uh, it doesn't take much uh, for those winds to get you down. Is there anybody here today that's going through some hard times in your life? Is there anybody here today that feels overly stressed? Or is there anybody here today that maybe has experienced some bad things in your life? Well, I got good news for you because the Lord will bring sunshine in your life. The Lord will bring His grace and glory in your life for all the winds of adversity that cut through us. God says He will work those things for our good. And I want you to follow with me today as we look today at the subject uh, uh, going from bad to glad or turning from bad to glad. How is it, why is it that God can take some bad things that happen to us in our life and turn them for good? Hey, y'all look back here right just a moment. See this young lady holding this baby right back here? You know who this young lady is right back here behind Josh, sitting beside William? That's his beloved daughter named Aaron. Hello, Aaron. How you doing? 
And that's her beloved little precious little girl, Diane Reagan Howell. Diane, right? Did I get it right? You know what? We prayed for this little precious baby. William sent me a text message when she was born. How much she weighed? One pound and two pounds. How many know that's not good to be born at two pounds? Now how much does she weigh? It won't be long. She'll be carrying mama, all right? <laughs> yes, isn't that a blessing? Come on, let's praise the Lord. God takes some bad things. God takes some bad things in our life, and he has a way of turning them around to be good. But I believe the Lord placed this message in my heart. Uh, as uh, feeble as I feel, I tell you, these old respiratory issues have about got on everybody, and including me, I uh, I said, Lord, I can't, but you can, and I'm going to believe and trust you because when we're weak, thank God, then we're really strong. But what we're going to do today is look at three defining steps uh, that can bring healing to your life. They can bring uh, victory and a breakthrough in your life. I believe there's some of us today that have gone through some stuff, even young as a child, or maybe even as a teenager or a young adult. Maybe right now there's something uh, you're going through and, and you say, man, it's bad. It's not good. I didn't expect all this. I didn't expect my children to do this. And I didn't expect my job to turn out like it is. My marriage, I, I didn't really anticipate all of this stuff going on. Well, I believe the Lord is going to encourage you today and you're going to see how God can use even those bitter cold winds that blow in our life. And so I want to invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Take your Bibles, please, and turn uh, there. We're going to look at two verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, the three uh, steps that I think are very defining for us today uh, to take some of those things that have gotten us down, they've gotten us discouraged, and we can't see how God could use souls for good. And, and we don't understand what all the Lord is up to in our life. But God is going to show us today how you can trust in Him. 2 Corinthians chapter number uh, 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And here's where we're going in the message today. It's very simple. Uh, and the Lord put it on my heart, I believe. Number one, take the bad Number two, don't be mad. Number three, be glad. Take the bad, don't be mad, but be glad. Take the bad, don't be mad, but be glad. Three steps, simple steps that you and I are going to take today, and I believe God is going to bless you and encourage you. I'm trusting he will for his glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Before we read the text, I just want to give you a brief introductory remarks before we get into the text. Of course, the Apostle Paul is uh, the writer under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we looked last week, by the way, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about 2020 vision. We talked about how if we're going to have 2020 vision in 2021, prayer's got to be a priority. Somebody say amen. Number two, the Word of God must be absolute. Somebody say amen. Number three, we looked at last week how... Uh, God wants us to fulfill his calling in our life. But I think today, as we piggyback on this same series of January study of uh, fulfilling God's purpose and 2020 vision, we're going to see how the Lord even takes some bad things in our life, troubles in our life, challenges in our life, 
and how he works it for his glory and for our good. All right. And so Paul has written the first letter to the Corinthian believers, and literally it's like taking the roof off of the church and allowing us to look in. Secondly, however, in this epistle, he begins to open up his heart and share uh, his heart. Obviously, he was at this church for about 18 months. We're told the church was founded on a second missionary journey. You can read about that in the book of Acts, chapter 18. And so that brings us to our text today. Oh, my, may God help us today as we read the text. And I tell you what, if you'll just be real with God today, listen, if you'll be real with God today, if you'll examine your present circumstances and even your past experiences, I believe today God is going to reveal some things he's doing in your life and you're going to be encouraged and blessed and, and maybe perhaps today you need to bring and get some healing in your life because of the emotions that we're, we go through in life, some things we can't help. All right, if you would stand with me, please, as we read 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I told you the reason we stand. We don't have to. We can read the Bible sitting down, but I love that text in Nehemiah where the Bible says, uh, Nehemiah took the Word of God and the people stood up to read the Word of God. And so we're going to read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. If you're there, would you say amen? Thank you. Paul, an apostle, apostolos, we talked about that last night, uh, an apostle, a uh, missionary, a eyewitness, yes, a one who was sent. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christos, Jesus Christ, by the will of God. He didn't choose himself. God chose him. Oh, yes, he did. And Timothy, our brother, under the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia. Grace be unto you, verse 2, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, please pay attention to verse 3 and 4 especially. I hope you've got a pencil or pen and you'll write these two verses down. Blessed be God. The word blessed there is the word uh, where we get our word eulogy. Um, eulogitos is the Greek word, blessed. It means to praise, blessed. Praise be God for his goodness. Blessed be God. Notice verse 3 again. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, that is pity, and the God of what? All comfort. The God of all comfort. Say that with me. The God of all comfort. One more time. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. The God of all comfort. Underline that word comfort because we're going to come back to it today. And you need to know that word comfort is going to make you shout. I believe it will. It's going to cause you to rise up and say hallelujah. And then look at verse 4. Who comforteth us. He comforts us, said Paul, in all of our tribulation and the word tribulation there is the word thalipsis it means trial it means pressure it doesn't mean the great tribulation per se as will come in the future but it means tribulation as in now pressure and trials and trouble anybody got pressures and trials anybody somebody told me earlier as I was walking in something about getting out of debt anybody got some financial trials yeah all right keep looking Verse 4 again, who comforted us in all of our tribulation. 
Hallelujah. I want to stop there and say hallelujah. He comforts us in all of our tribulation. Glory. That we might be, that notice, that we may be able to comfort them who is them, other people. Listen, you're going to get this. Connect the dots now. Get see the overall grand view of things. Why you're going through what you're going through. What's going on in your life. It's not by happen chance. It's not by mistake. God has a divine plan for you. He's integrating his will in this. Keep reading verse 4. He comforts us. Who comforts us in all of our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them, others, which are in any trouble. How? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Then Paul describes his own suffering, and certainly he experienced that. Let's pray now, Father. Oh, blessed God, you're great and mighty, worthy to be praised and worshipped. Oh, Lord, we need your help today. Lord, I need your help today. Lord, I need you to open my heart and my eyes and I know that people today, Father, are hurting. And I know people today are feeling pain, emotional pain, physical pain, spiritual pain, and relational pain. And, oh God, vocational pain. And, uh, Lord, we ask now to extend the balm of Gilead. Thank you, Jesus. You are Jehovah Rapha. And, Lord, we bless you today that we don't have to make an appointment with you. We can just call upon your name. Hallelujah. And, Lord, we can come to the throne of grace whereby we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. I pray today, Father God, there would be, oh, Lord, there would be the extension of your Holy Spirit, Father, in the lives that the devil has tried to wreck and ruin, but you have come to give us life and give it more abundantly. And we say, thank you, precious Lord, for your cleansing power, for your precious cleansing blood, for the cross of Calvary, and Lord, for the Holy Spirit of God that builds us up and your word that's forever set in heaven. And Lord, I pray for families today, marriages today, and mamas and daddies and grandparents and servants and Christians and preachers and Father God, the Sunday school teachers, God that feel discouraged and downtrodden and, and Lord, are going through troubles and trials. We pray you'll lift us up. We pray you'll pull us through. We pray the sunshine of your amazing grace, Father, would shine on us and that you would let us know you're with us, hallelujah, and that you're not going to leave us and that you're our security. You're our rock. You're our salvation. And we lift up our eyes to the hills and we lift up our hands and say, hallelujah, the Lord God omnipotent reign it. So Father God, get all the rest to us we ask now. I pray for fresh oil and cleansing with the washing of water by the word and give us ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches and thank you now for the breakthroughs. Thank you for the men, women, boys and girls that have come to experience forgiveness of sins and victory in Jesus. Father, We'll thank you and give you glory because you alone are worthy. And I bless you for each one that's here. Let them know, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, fall fresh on us, we pray. And we give you glory. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. In the name of every other name, amen and amen. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
I want you to listen, beloved, today as we go through this. These are three steps that I think that the Lord is going to give you and me today to be able to turn bad into glad, bad into glad. How many know that the devil's come to kill, steal, and destroy? How many know that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour? How many know uh, that the Lord Jesus told us that he would lift up a standard against the enemy when he comes in like a flood? How many know that he said he had put watchmen upon the walls that should give the peace neither day nor night? How many right now are going through some bad experiences while you've had a loved one to pass away, Helen? And, and uh, no doubt there's some a grieving process. No doubt some of you today are feeling down and lonely. Maybe you've been sitting inside with the cold weather and, and uh, the seasonal disorder has creeped in on you unaware. And you're wondering uh, if you're going to make it through. You're wondering, God, what are you up to in my life? And maybe God today wants to impart to you some wisdom and revelation. One, will you take the bad? And then two, we'll see in a moment, don't get mad. Don't get mad. Take the bad. But don't get mad. Rather, get glad. Be glad. Be glad. So, go back with me to the text, please. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3, notice again, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Again, look at verse 4. Who comforts us in all of our tribulation. Notice, he comforteth us in all of our tribulation that we might be able to comfort others. But wait a minute, let's focus on this for a moment. He comforts us in all of our tribulation. Let's say that together. Who comforteth us in all of our tribulation. One more time. Isn't that interesting that the Apostle Paul would say he comforts us in all of our tribulation. Again, the word tribulation is the word philipsis. It means pressures. It means the problems. It means, and certainly Paul the Apostle, he said, for example, in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, we're troubled on every side, yet not in distress. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. It, it, it's the Word of God that encourages us during times when we feel like we need to be comforted. Is there anybody here, mamas, that are saddened over some situation in your life? Oh, yes, the Lord is the God of all comfort, and He comforts us in all of our tribulation. Well, Apostle Paul also said in Romans chapter 5, he said this, Tribulation worketh patience. Tribulation worketh patience. Repeat that with me. Tribulation worketh patience. What does that mean? It means God says, through the troubles you're going through and the trials you're going through, God says, I'm going to bring some good out of it. Well, praise the Lord. I'll just stop right there and have a praise break. I'll just say, thank you, Lord. Why? Because tribulation worketh patience and patience experience. And that's in Romans chapter 5. Do you know that word experience, what it means? When you're moving in a new home, you know what it means? It means this. It means... Uh, it, Patience worketh docabe. It means character. Wait a minute. Man, how many would say, I would rather not be going through what I'm going through right now. You don't have to raise your hand. But how many know that God will build character in you when you're under the furnace and the furnace of affliction and, and you're going through come trying a turbulent wind and the bitter cold chilly winds of winter start blowing in on you? God said, I'm not finished with you yet. 
I'm going to make you a trophy of my grace. I'm going to bring good about this. I'm going to refine. I'm going to purge you out of all that's unlike me, and you're going to come forth like gold because I'm a great God, a mighty God. I've got your best interest in mind, and I will not fail. I cannot fail. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you can trust me because I am your rock. I am your life. I am your shield. I'm your peace. I'm your joy. I'm your victory we can lift up our eyes today and say thank God if God be for us who can be against us because he didn't spare his only son but he delivered him up for us all so today be encouraged beloved be encouraged because uh, the Lord spoke to my heart there's three areas I think that we face tribulation and this is not exhaustive see if you can guess them Number one, we face some bad predicaments. Number two, we face bad people. Hello. And number three, bad, watch this, not only predicament, bad people, but we'll see in a moment. We face bad problems. Number one, we face bad predicaments. How many know that uh, uh, the enemy loves to uh, wear out the saints. And how many of you know that stuff in the past, watch this, sometimes you get a breakthrough of things you've been through in the past. You reach out your hand of faith and say, Oh God, you've got to heal my broken heart. Lord, I've been through some ordeals in my past. Just because you get a breakthrough doesn't mean the enemy is going to give up on you. He's going to continue to try to open up those wounds. And just because uh, you've gotten a step forward doesn't mean he's not going to try to retake that ground. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about. Predicaments. I remember when my parents came down to my room. I was 13 years old and my dad said to me and my brother, he said, your mom and I are getting a divorce. Well, 13 year old to hear that. My life went downhill. I didn't know what all that meant. But later I looked back on it and I know that was a crisis in my life and some of you can relate to what I'm talking about. Or maybe you've had some other predicament to happen to you. And so bad things happen, beloved. Uh, yes, God is a good God, but God has not told us that uh, he'd keep us from the storm. But he did say he'd be with us in the storm. Amen. He did say that he's going to carry us through the storm. He did say that he'll use the storm in our life to strengthen us and to give us his grace. And for that reason, you can say, Hallelujah, Lord. I know you're trustworthy. I know you hadn't let me down. Wait a minute. Time out. Has anybody the Lord let, ever let you down before? Has God been uh, ever late? No, he's not late. He's an on-time God. Amen. And some of you today, some of us need to say, Lord Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. Oh, I know you're outside, you, you're, you got it together, but inside you're hurting. I said inside you're hurting. I said inside there's a void in your life and a void in your heart. And God's saying, God's saying to you today that uh, uh, you've, been, uh, you've been in this pain for a while. Bad predicaments, bad predicaments. And uh, certainly Paul understood that. He was left for dead when he was stoned at Lystra. His first missionary return, he recorded in the 13th chapter and the 14th chapter of the book of Acts. He was besides stoned and left for dead, although God raised him up. 
he was beaten with rods. He was in shipwreck. You could hear about all the ordeal that he faced. He knew what it was to face bad predicaments. And the Lord Jesus told him he would suffer for his name's sake. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians 11 and also in other passages. But wait a minute. Bad predicament. What kind of predicament are you in now? How, what are you doing? How are you dealing with it? What are you going to do about it? Hey, not only bad predicaments, but notice number two, bad people. How many know that, y'all listen now, the, the devil will send bad people in your life. I said the devil will send bad people in your life. The devil will use anybody to try to hinder your walk with the Lord. And you know what I'm talking about. I mean, good people that you, even your own family sometimes. I mean, if the devil would use Peter to tell Jesus, no, you're not going to have to go to the cross. And the, Jesus said, Satan, get behind me, Peter. Uh, Satan, get behind me. I don't think that the, the devil won't use people in our life. Y'all listen to this. I got to thinking about this just the other day. Do you know hurt people will hurt people? Do you hear me? Hurt people will hurt people. Hurt people will hurt people. And there's some people walking around today that are hurt. And they hadn't, if they hadn't gotten healing and really forgiveness and or maybe breakthrough and restoration, hurt people will hurt people. Why? Because you've been hurt. And the only thing we know to do when we've been hurt is hurt somebody else, right? If you don't know how to deal with the hurt, if you don't know how to, you know, uh, follow biblical principles with a hurt, you have a tendency to hurt somebody else. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. Can I say something? I don't mean to insinuate anything uh, other than what I'm saying. That's why women sometimes have been hurt in a relationship. They, they'll go to this uh, relationship, that relationship, to, to, because to retaliate the hurt they've been through and hurt this person. Or that. And men the same way. Men the same way. I've been hurt here, now I'm going to hurt you. And, and in life, that's the way it is. Hurt people hurt people. And so the Lord is saying to us today that... Uh, uh, that uh, Bad predicaments can cause us uh, to understand we go through bad situations, circumstances. And by the way, there's sometimes circumstances you can't help. They just happen. I mean, know what I'm talking about. I mean, today or tomorrow or the next day, there's some things that we're not in control of. Now, listen, we always, uh, more than likely, we say, well, I can praise the Lord as long as we're in control. But look at me. When we're not in control, that's when we go in a tailspin, when we're not in control. When circumstances, cold, bitter winds come blowing in our life and we can't control people and we can't control our circumstances, that's when we have to draw near to God. And so, number two, not only the bad predicaments, but number two, the bad people. And then thirdly, if you'll notice, God says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus who comforts us in all of our tribulation. He's the Father of mercies. He comforts us in all of our tribulation. But then thirdly is bad problems. Bad problems. If there's some things going on today in your life, there's a problem. And, and man, it's, it's not the sharks that uh, kill you. It's the little minnows that nibble you to death. It's this and this unresolved conflict. You know, this is very important when it comes to relationships. If we carry unresolved conflicts into new relationships and we hadn't really resolved uh, the things we've been through in life, maybe the hurt or maybe the rejection or maybe uh, the pain that we've experienced going through some kind of uh, relationship, we'll have a tendency to bring that excess baggage into another relationship. And I'm convinced, beloved, that's 
what needs to take place for healing today. And some of us are going through the motions, and some of us are just acting like, uh, you know, we're all right, but everybody else is not all right. Today, God is saying to you that uh, these winds come blowing in us. They come, now, now who has already the Lord put on your heart right now? The Lord's already put somebody on your heart. It's, it's, a, it's a family member, isn't it? You know exactly where uh, the uh, enemy is using them as a thorn in your flesh. Maybe it's a bad predicament or a bad person or a bad problem. Something you can't fix. Something that keeps you agitated. Something that keeps you irritated all the time. Well, if they'd just do this, and if they'd just do this, and if I could just get break through here. Take the bad, number one. Will you do it? Number two, if you'll take the bad, I think here's the key. Don't get mad. Look at chapter 1 and verse 3. Don't get mad. And this is where we get mad, when bad things happen to us, right? You agree with me? Chapter 1, verse 3. Look, take the bad. Now, the Lord had me to preach a message a few years ago, take the good with the bad and make the best. But today we're looking at this, turning bad into glad. How in the world could, could God use some of those bad things that happened to us and bring glory to his name? I'm telling you how he does it. And we'll find out in a minute. Okay, we're, we're, we're leading somewhere. We're going somewhere. We're not finished now. You've got to hang with me, okay? Number, number two, don't get mad. Take the bad, but don't get mad. Don't get mad. And some of you are angry today. You've got to deal with that anger, or that anger is going to deal with you. Look over here in verse 1, uh, chapter 2, rather chapter 2, verse uh, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 3. Look at verse 3 again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Notice, the God of all comfort. The Father of mercies, the God of all comfort. Take the bad, but don't get mad. Well, what I mean, don't get mad. There's two uh, thoughts that come to my mind. First, mad with a bad attitude, and then secondly, mad with a bad action. Mad with a bad attitude. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, I never get mad, I've told you all before, until things don't go my way. And, and today, probably, there's something maybe that's not going your way. Maybe there's something today that you've, uh, you've uh, been through, or, or maybe there's something that you're just a little bit frustrated over. You need to come to the Lord today. You need to go to the Lord today and say, God, I don't want to get mad. Take the bad, but don't get mad. Why? Because that's the tendency we have. We tend to have a bad attitude. How many know what I'm talking about? When something goes uh, not the way we want it to go, then if we're not careful, we begin to complain about it. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about. Begin to complain about it. Well, if you wouldn't do this, and if I didn't have to do this, and then next thing you know, we get a bad attitude about it. Is there anybody today that's here that God is showing you that, yes, yeah, some bad things have happened to you, but, but you're not responding properly, maybe. Like, I don't respond properly all the time. I get a bad attitude. I think of the prodigal son, how he got a bad attitude. Give me the portion of good that followed to me. And he said, I'm out of here. I'm tired of living under your roof. I'm going to do my own thing. And he had a bad attitude. But wait a minute, a bad attitude leads to a bad action. You see, when we go through things, we can't help uh, if the bitter cold winds come blowing in on us, but we can't nest in our hair. You, you and I can help our response to it. Listen to me, please. I'm telling you, I stood at the door, and, and I know that you have experienced this like I have as well. We've got people in the church today that we've learned how to put on a front. We've learned how 
uh, our anger and our emotions and, and we can't get a breakthrough. We, we, but deep down inside, our relationships aren't just right. We don't have peace. We don't have freedom. We don't have victory because something, it's not what we're eating that's bothering us. It's what eating us that's bothering us. What's eating you today? What is it that's eating you today? You know what it is. God's already shown you. And, and you got to deal with it. By the way, you might have dealt with it last year, but today uh, the enemy is trying to stir up and the enemy is trying to pick that sore again. It got well, but it's gotten infected and, and the enemy is trying to, uh, to, to, to pick at that sore again. You know, when you were growing up as a boy, my mom said, son, don't you pick at that sore, it'll get infected. And sometimes it heals, but you go to picking at it again, it'll get infected again. And just because you got a breakthrough yesterday doesn't mean the enemy's going to leave you alone. He's going to continue to bombard you with those thoughts. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Sure you do. You know, where, you know right where you're at. And why are those thoughts running through my mind? And why am I feeling this way emotionally when I know I ought to be rejoicing in the Lord? I know I ought to be praising the Lord. I know I ought to be thankful to God. I know I ought to be praying instead of complaining and pouting. Look, a bad attitude will lead to a bad action. And we can't put our finger on it. We can't figure out, why am I, why am I, uh, why am I, treating this person that way? Why am I blowing up? Why am I uh, boiling over with anger? Maybe you need to deal with some stuff today. I'm convinced you do, especially in the marriage and in the home and uh, in your life, and you know exactly what it is that uh, uh, you may, again, need the Lord to uh, pull you through today. Hey, uh, don't be mad. Take the bad, but don't be mad. Why? Because God is the God of all comfort. And the Lord says he will comfort you through the bad. Wait a minute, Pastor. How can anything good come out of this bad situation? Hey, I don't have all the answers, and a lot of people ask me that at times. And through the years, I've stood there at funeral homes and, and stood there in houses and, and wept and cried with people and and marriages breaking, and children disappointing, and, and health failing, and the whole nine yards. But I know God has got his promises for us today. Hallelujah. And I know this. I believe with all my heart you can turn that bad into glad. And I'm going to tell you how in a moment, okay? Hang with me. Take the bad, but don't get mad. Don't get mad. Rather get glad. Get glad. Number three, be glad. I want you to see this now, beloved. Look at chapter 2, or excuse me, chapter 1, verse 4 and 3 and 4. Again, this is going to bless you. Blessed be God. I want this to sink in your thinking. Look what God is saying here. Blessed be the God, even the Father, verse 3, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the Father of mercies, and the God of all, what's the next word? The God of what? The God of all comfort. What in the world does that word comfort mean? How does God comfort us in all of our troubles and trials? How does God comfort us in tribulation? I mean, you're talking about people, and you're talking about problems, and you're talking about predicaments, and you're talking about circumstances, things that you know right now that are bugging you. <laughs> oh, yes. How does God comfort us? Look at this. He says, verse 4, notice verse 4. Who comforts us in all of our tribulation? Why? That we may be able to comfort them 
wherewith we're comforted of God ourselves. Here's what I think the Lord wants us to see. The word comfort, I looked it up, and the word is parakaleo. The word, the word comfort is a very interesting word. Here it's uh, paraklesis is the pronunciation. And here's what it means. God comes along our side, calling to one's aid, encouragement, calling for summoning, encouragement. Wait a minute, let's put this together, okay, beloved? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who comforts us in all of our tribulation. He comforts us in all of our tribulation. What does that mean? How does he comfort us in all of our tribulation? Explain to me how that works. He comforts us in all of our tribulation, but he does it for a purpose. Y'all listen, don't miss this, don't miss this, don't miss this. He does it for a purpose. He comforts us in all of our tribulation. Why? That we might be able to comfort others with the comfort where we're the comfort of God. Wait a minute. You mean God would allow me to go through this terrible situation in my life? I had somebody ask me just the other day, he said, well, I, you know, I went through this and I went through this. And, and in fact, just uh, last Sunday night, we were talking. And, and if you see this, you'll get a breakthrough. If you don't see this, you're going to take the bad, you're going to stay mad. But if you'll take the bad, don't be mad, but be glad. How can I be glad? How can I be glad? Because God says, I will comfort you in your tribulation. Now, you've got to hear this, okay? He says, I will comfort you in your tribulation. Well, what does it mean by that? I'll tell you what it means by that. Here's what it means by that. He says, and this word paraclete or parakletos, the word comfort there means God the Holy Spirit will be with you. Wait a minute. I need some illustration to convey what I'm trying to say. Y'all listen now. Here's what God's saying. Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus, who comforts us in all of our tribulation. He's the Father of mercy. He comforts us in all our tribulation that we might be able to comfort others with the comfort where we comfort God. Here's what he's saying. He said, I send the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'll send my Spirit. He'll be with you, in you, and upon you. But wait a minute. How does he do that? Here's how he does it. The Lord says, I'm going to send my spirit. He's going to be walking right beside you when you slip and fall. Oh, yes, when you go through stuff and you didn't really plan to go through stuff and, and things catch you unaware and you're caught off guard, the Lord's saying, I'll send my spirit. He'll be right there beside you. And when you slip down, he'll lift you up. And when you trip up, he won't let you lay down. Oh, yes. I'll send the God of all, my, I am the God of all comfort, and I'll send my spirit. He'll walk right beside you. Is anybody today feel like I've fallen down? Is there anybody today that feels like, man, I, I've been angry for a long time. I've been hurt for a long time. I had to go through all this mess and all this stuff, and I hadn't got over it yet, and I can't see how a good God would allow bad things to happen to me and bad things to happen to his people. I don't understand it. I mean, there's a lot of people out there today that aren't going to darken the door of a church because they feel like God's done them dirty and the Lord hadn't been 
justifiable in allowing them to go through things in their life. I think about Joseph and how Joseph could be easily in the Old Testament, Genesis 37 through chapter 52. Joseph could have said, God, I'm finished. I'm finished, Lord. You hadn't treated me right. Uh, this wasn't fair. No, life may not be fair, but God's fair. Amen. And, and Joseph could have said that Job and all that he went through, he didn't curse God. And all that he went through, he didn't speak a curse word at all. And no wonder, and that's what we've got to guard our heart today. Some of us have been maybe whining instead of shining. And today God says, you need to change your heart. How can we have this change your heart? I'll tell you, it starts with your mindset. We need a new mindset. And when we think about and recognize, Lord, uh, there is some stuff I've been through. That's the first step. Uh, there's some stuff I've been through. We've got to develop it and process it in our mind. Follow me now. And, and then from that, from that processing uh, in our mind, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12 and 2, Paul wrote, be changed, metamorphosed. But secondly, not only in our mind where the battle is fought and won, but our heart needs a change. Our heart needs to turn from yielding to the flesh and giving in to anger and bitterness in our heart. We, we develop it in our mind first. Are you with me? The first step is that mindset. Yes, I have been harboring unforgiveness in my life. Yes, I have been irritable and, and I have been retaliatory and vengeful and I've been complaining, Lord, and, and I've been treating people out of anger instead of love. I hadn't wanted to forgive. I've wanted to hold on to when I'm done wrong, and, and I have a hard time releasing people in your hands. There's a mindset, but you'll never get that mindset today unless you get God to come and change your mind, transform your mind. And then from that, it leads to a change of heart. Lord, I, I don't like what I see in me, and my flesh dwells no good thing, Romans 7 and 18. And, and Lord, I don't like what the way I'm feeling toward this person, and I don't like what I see I'm treating this person and the things that I'm saying, and you know my ulterior motives, and, and you know uh, the anger that I'm sensing, God, and I know it's not right. I know it's not of you. I know I'm not walking in your will. I know that, dear Lord, that I need a change of heart. I need a, a change of direction. And, and so, and so it, it comes by asking God, will you do it today? That mindset, the change of heart. And, and then thirdly, how about, Lord, I, I want to put my life in your hands. Have you ever done that? Have you dedicated your life to the Lord? Have you said, Lord, I want to rededicate my life to some of you today? Maybe you've been a Christian a while. Maybe you're teaching Sunday school or preaching or or been a Christian or singing or whatever, but deep down inside there's not victory. There's not that dynamic, intimate relationship with the living God. Why? Because of the stuff we're talking about. Uh, don't, uh, don't be mad. Be glad. Uh, yes, take the bad. Yes, bad things are happening. But, but, but say, God, I, I need you. Will you do that today? I need you, Lord. You've been trying and you know deep down inside that you're miserable. And God says you don't have to continue living this way. You can have real peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. 
And then not only to yield your life to the Lord, but then ask God to reclaim the ground that the enemies tried to take in your life. Am I making sense today? You know what I'm talking about today? Simply put, this, simply put it this way. You can play games with me and each other, but you can't play games with God. God knows that he wants to set you free. And the Lord wants to bring you into freedom. Hallelujah. He wants to break the chains of the enemy. He wants to demolish the strongholds and the lies of Satan. He wants to bring you into the light. He came to save us. He came to deliver us. And there's power in his blood. And there's power in his word. And there's power in his name. And there's power in the Holy Ghost. And thank God we don't have to live defeated lives. We don't have to be a sold under the slave market of the devil. We can come into victory because, praise the Lord, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. And some of you are selling God short, though. You hear this, but you're not following through. Why not? Why aren't you following through that mindset? And then the Holy Spirit goes beside us when we slip down. The Holy Spirit uh, is in us, empowering us. Hallelujah. God comforts us in all of our tribulation. Why? That we might be able to comfort others. That we might be able to comfort others with the comfort wherewith we're comforted of God. Now, here's what I want you to remember now. Beloved, as we get close to the end here, you mean God says that he knows what I've been through? Yep. You mean God allowed me to go through what I've been through? Yep. Hmm. I can't, I can't process all that, Brother Pastor. If God's this God of love that you're talking about and I hear about, why in the world would God allow me to have all this bad stuff that's happened to me in my life. I'll tell you why. Because he's telling you in him we can overcome, we can be healed, and then that puts us in a place to help somebody else. Oh, you didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. That's the reason today that you need, I need to get with God right now. It's because there's people out there right now that are hurting. There's people out there right now that are crying out, somebody help me. There's people out right now that are angry with the world, mad at their circumstances, and miserable. They're looking for somebody. They're looking for somebody who has been through what they are going through and somebody who has made it to the other side by the grace of God. <laughs> and you're that person. I said, you're that person. I said this, I said today, right now, God is saying to you, I'm going to bring some people in your life. They're thirsty. They need a drink of water. They haven't been sitting in church, haven't been reading the Bible. They're awful thirsty. You're going to be able to say, when they tell you all the problems, here, you want a drink of water? Here's a drink of water. <laughs> I got a drink of water for you, man. Don't you want to be a blessing to somebody? But until you make it through 
You've got to make it through it to make it to it. You can be a blessing, and that's why God allows us to go through what we go through. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we might be able to comfort others with the comfort wherewith we're comforted of God. Do you see it? If you do, stand to your feet.